There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. If you endure chastening, and by the way, it is enduring, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then he bastards and not sons. That's what the Word of God says. And then he says this in verse 10, For verily for a few days chasten us of their own pleasure, talking about our fathers of the flesh, but he for our profit. Amen. That we might be partakers of his holiness. God will make you holy if you're his child. That's right. And if you're lost, God's trying to make you holy. Amen. You're not going to make yourself holy. Right. God's trying to make you holy. What is that chasing? Bullwhip? Razor strop? Hickory switch? You know, I've looked at that long and hard many, many years, and I'll tell you what, I give you a little Tim McVeigh on that, which means about nothing unless God blesses it. You know how I first started chasing my son? Two little letters. Somebody help me out. And help me out. No. Oh, that's how he starts. What did God or were that simple? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes, sir. Five years old, the Lord says no. I go, yes, Lord. Amen. What a wonderful life. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, it is possible. Yeah. Right. Amen. Right. It is possible. Two little letters. No. Okay, Lord. Now imagine as a new child of God, a new convert. Some of you pretty new convert. I don't know who's a, well, I guess the newest. Just time God give testament. Thank God for that. Hey, thank God Amen. for that. Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. You say, well, she didn't cry enough. She's, she's cried enough, just not Sunday. Amen. <laughs> you understand? Let's take our newest convert. I was pick on Sister Chelsea back there. She's been saved, I guess, almost two years now. I had to come preach in my house one time. That's a long story, but anyway. <laughs> so you're looking like, did you really? Yeah, she was preaching. <laughs> I invited her dad to come speak and had 34 people in our living room. Amen. Her dad gave his testimony, talked about 25 minutes. Chelsea talked 27 minutes. Amen. I wouldn't matter. I was sitting on the stairs going to preach, sister. Amen. Thanks <laughs> off for that. Amen. You know what? She's a new convert. She didn't know she wasn't supposed to preach. Amen. <laughs> I like to embarrass her. Thank God for her. She's been a blessing to my family. Got lots of learning as a new convert. You know what would be wonderful if the Lord told you something? You just obey. Amen. I mean, how marvelous that would be. Mm. And, oh, no. 
You go, man, this chasing thing's not too bad. <laughs> Amen. Just, I mean, this is wonderful. I've obeyed the Lord. And the Lord says, do this. Okay, Lord. Now I want you to do this. Okay, Lord. Stop doing this. Okay, Lord. Amen. I mean, just kind of, kind of use a little carnal illustration. Just the joy. You know, Pastor, I got saved yesterday. And the Lord told me to quit smoking cigarettes, so I quit. You know, and all the people that struggled for years ago, oh my goodness, how in the world? Well, they just obey God. Right. You say, what's the benefit of that? Well, you're not sitting in church coughing. <laughs> Amen. You're not worried about getting lung cancer. You're not hacking up a lung. Amen. Your breath doesn't stink. Your teeth aren't turning yellow. You're saving money. Amen. 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 I had a dear brother in the Lord. He, he, he struggled. We talked about it. I struggled. I struggled for several years, and he was struggling for several years. And I, I'm, I'm with him in the vehicle, and we're going around a sharp turn. I was driving his vehicle, and his old vape goes flying across the dash in front of me. And I snagged it, and I just held it for a while. <laughs> We didn't talk. He just stared straight out the front window like this. <laughs> we pulled the parking space. You remember that? <laughs> I went, there you go. <laughs> we got in the car. He's like, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I said, you ought to be embarrassed. You say, was that the hand of God? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. You know why? He's told you no. Right. Now nothing, nothing like some good shame in front of God's people. Amen. Because you just don't obey God. I mean, it's wonderful. It's wonderful as a preacher. It's a marvel. You know why? It'll make you happy. I know some of you are ashamed of your life. You don't think God did that? Sure. We don't put it up in lights. But you don't think God did that? You chose that life, God said, I'll shame you. But can I say something? The shame that he lays on you is far less than the shame his son bore for you. Because his son bore that shame. I'm ashamed of what I've been since I've been saved. I'm ashamed of what I've been since I've been saved. You don't have to be. Listen to me, you don't have to be. But God stepped in. When 9-11, those towers fell down. Some of you have heard me talk about this. I've been a Christian about four years. I'm laying on my couch. I had a major operation. We talked about that the other day. Two-inch incision without, just outpatient. But it was a major thing for me. I'm laying on, and I'm watching those towers fall over and over and over and over and over again. I got so low. I was laying on the couch. I wasn't planning on going to church. I wasn't planning on getting off the couch. I was going to call in to work as long as they'd let me off of work. I laid there. I was just out of my mind watching those towers fall and fall and fall and fall. And, you know, just as clearly as I'm standing here, God sent a man over to my house. He knocked on my door, came in, visited me. Just said, I just came, just want to encourage you. He said, let you know I'm thinking about you, praying for you, waiting for you to get back in the ministry, waiting for, you to, for God to use you. That's what he told me. He left my house that day. The Lord said, this is me. You see, February that year, God called me to preach. And I was in no fit condition to be a preacher. So God put me on my back on 9-11. I had surgery on 9-11. Sat there and watched those towers falling over and over and over and over. I watched the airplane, that hole in the building on the Pentagon. One corridor off where I used to walk out into the center of the Pentagon there in the 
garden in the middle. He used to walk out there, take cigarette breaks as a saved man. Corridors two, three, and four destroyed. We used to go out corridor one. God said, that was me. That was me. Listen, the next time I had those notions, God didn't mess around with me. The time I had the notion, the time God had severely smitten me, he said, this is me. I said, I know. I'll tell you how fast it was. I was laying on the ground, looking up at the sky, and I knew that God had done that. Why do you think he'd do that? Because he loves me. What father is going to let his son go off into sin? Right. Without doing everything in his power to stop him. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Proverbs 3. Let's look at those verses in Proverbs 3. Right, so let's go to Proverbs 10. Let's look at verses there. I'm just going to go through this. We'll go back to Job and then we'll be done. Just lickety split. In verse 13 of Proverbs 10. In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him. That is void of understanding. What is a rod? It's a wooden instrument. Normally it's round. Ours starts round and it turns into kind of a, well, we'd call it a spoon because that's what it is. <laughs> Amen. I, I like them 18 inches long. I don't like these bamboo ones. They split. I don't like them. You can't find hickory. I can't afford a hand-carved oak one. So we go to thrift stores and look for the old rods. Now, when they get older, I may just go ahead and give me a dowel rod. They're probably going to need it. Now, let me just say this. A Louisville slug is a rod, but if you have to, just use that wisely, please. Okay. There are laws. Amen. That's for you, Pastor Vernon. Amen. <laughs> the rod... It's for the back of he that is void of understanding. Mm. Now, I want everyone here to listen to what I just said. It's for the back of him that's void of understanding. Why? When you're void of understanding, you're about to go into the pit. In his last resort, in the hopes that you'll listen, in the hopes that you'll hear, in the hopes that God will open your ears to understand, so he'll also do it for you. What do you think there's some, was it up to over 5 million, I believe, incarcerated on the East Coast alone, and there should be more, but they let them out constantly. Could it be that God's trying to intervene? Could it be that God's trying to stop them in their tracks? You know, the the penitentiary system was started in Eastern State Penitentiary in North Philadelphia. And the Quakers had this brilliant idea. In the 1840s, if a man is alone with God and the Word of God and sits alone all day, that somehow he'll be penitent towards the things he's done and towards society, and he'll change. There's this one thing that the Quakers didn't factor in because of their fatalism, and that's the fact that man has a will. And man's not going to read the Word of God just because you put it in front of him. And I'm going to say this, Pete. People aren't guaranteed to listen just because you preach to them. There are people I preach that aren't listening to a thing that I say. There's a man I had a chance to preach around him in Harrisburg last year. And the reason I say around that is I've been preaching to him for years. He ain't never heard a thing I said. He's in a different church. Several years back, I actually went down to him one day and I said, are you asleep? And he shook his head, no. I said, well, look at me then. 
He'd sit down in the chair. As soon as you open the word of God, that spirit of slumber come upon him. And I knew he wasn't asleep. Man, in his 60s. I'm telling you, never heard a thing that came out of the pulpit. And that's pretty common. It's a whole lot more common than you'd think. That's right. right. That glazed overlook, ears of not being circumcised to hear, they don't want to hear. Right. And the Quakers couldn't understand that will of man. They were certain they were on to something. They showed the penitentiary system. That's why they have cells in isolation. That's why no one has a stool or a table. They give them the word of God. They set them in those, but they didn't count the will of man. That man set a course of hell. Yet God would put them in with the word of God. I would suspect that some were converted. You can be suspect of Jacob DeShazer because of later statements. That's so be it. But let me say this of Jacob DeShazer. God had to put him in a prisoner of war camp with Japanese brutally beating and killing men around him before he ever even began to listen and heed what the word of God said. And I've heard about Peggy Koval was one of those in Colorado. You spoke last night. I can't remember the lady's name now. Uh, Corey Bloom. Peggy Covell was in Colorado and she would go to the internment camps where the Japanese prisoners were. And she would preach Jesus Christ to those men in Japanese. You say, what's the big deal about that? Because it was in the Philippines. They stood her parents in front of her at a Japanese flagpole where they would not bow to the emperor if they cut her parents' head off with a sword. When K. Peggy Covell was able to come back to the United States, she immediately volunteered to go into the prisoner of war camp to minister to those Japanese men. Yeah. One of those men on his way back into Japan runs into Mitsuo Fujita. He's been under conviction. God's been dealing with him. And he tells the story of a young lady who knew how to forgive. And by the way, that's foreign to the Japanese culture. You don't forgive them. You hold things against people until either they die or you die. And she told this young lady that forgave and, and he was actually offended this woman would forgive when she should have vengeance because of her parents. That same sailor actually later, Mr. Fichita said he took his own life because of the shame of being a prisoner of war. But it greatly impacted his life. We don't see things as God sees them. We don't understand that some of these things that happen to us, there are things that are happenstance. But many of these things are God trying to get our attention. Because he loves us. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh.
Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.